What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the BJJ Balance Podcast. My name is Matt Vega from At O's Nation, and this is Kenny Wilson from At The Freak Party. Yes, sir. Um, follow us on BJJ Balance uh, on Instagram, all social uh, media outlets, TikTok, YouTube. We're all over the place now. Um, thanks for all the support thus far. And um, hit a like on this video. Um, helps us out. Helps the algorithm out. Helps all that stuff. Write a review on Spotify or Apple. It really does a lot to help push the algorithm and help us grow. And uh, so, yeah, man, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. I'm, I'm getting over being sick. I didn't like really get sick, but I kind of had this weird lingering cough thing and it's kind of going away finally. But I had that a couple of weeks ago. I'd be rolling with guys and I started coughing. And right now the world's kind of the darkness is looming again <laughs> and the world's kind of I'm like, dude, I'm not, I, I swear, dude, I swear I don't have anything. And I'm like coughing in my rounds. And like, am I choking you? I'm like, you're not choking me, bro. I got this tickle in my throat. Right. And so like, I actually had to stop rolling with the guys because I couldn't stop this little stupid cough. Yeah. It's fucking annoying. It's weird. I'll get it. Like I'll wake up first thing in the morning. I'll have a cough Then I'm, I'm fine. Then it'll be like once in the afternoon. And like when I went to class on Thursday, um, I didn't cough at all during class. And then after class, I coughed like once in the car. And then I, that was it. it you was get weird. these little spells. Yeah. And you just like can't stop. Yeah. It's weird. It's like me when I have a fucking bag of chips. Yeah. I fucking want them. The next thing you know, I'm just throwing them back. Yesterday we were, um, uh, the wife and I uh, went out uh, for dinner and whatnot. And we were walking through. We went to Hell's Kitchen at Harrow's. And we were walking through the casino. And like I felt winded from just like walking. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I feel fine. Like I feel fine. I don't. I don't have any like other symptoms. I don't, I'm not hot. I'm not sweaty. I don't, I don't feel tired or there's you know, nothing worse. Yeah. Than coming back to training after being sick yeah. or after surgery or after hurt and you just lost your cardio. Yeah. It goes so fast too. You're like, you miss one week of training. Yeah. And your cardio is fucked. Yeah. For three weeks. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell, dude? Yeah. Like, I've been training consistently for a year. One week off, dude. It's all it takes. Yeah. Your body's just like, eh. And then one day you find it. Oh, there you are, Peter. Found my, car- <laughs> found my cardio again. But yeah, man, injuries, setbacks, your cardio just leaves so fast. And I feel like the older you get. It goes faster. The faster your cardio goes. Yeah, 100%. You know? But yeah, no. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm just getting over that sickness myself. Been watching a little bit of ADCC trials. Yeah, yesterday and which I is watch. absolutely bananas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, I I had I, t- I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I took my stepdad to the ADCC Open, mm. uh, which is different than the trials. If you guys don't know, but the Open is it's it's essentially a competition like like an IBJJF or something like that under the ADCC rule set with the ADCC weights and whatnot, and. So we became familiar with the rules, but what he liked about my stepdad wrestled in high school and college. He's never really understood jujitsu. It seems foreign to him because you're you're on your back, which is like a cardinal sin in wrestling and whatnot. And but he's always viewed wrestling as like a martial art. Mm-hmm. You know, he's and, it is, and I think wrestling yeah, is a martial 100%. art, hundred percent. But they don't treat it like that. If in judo high is a martial art, right? <laughs> wrestling is a martial art. So he he was really into it because there was a heavy wrestling aspect to it. The way that they break the time limits up. The first first half of so if, if you I think if it's a ten minute match, the first five minutes is no points. So you can wrestle, you can go a little wild because you don't need to worry about in, ending up in a non advantageous position right. and losing points. The second five minutes is when they add the points in, but the first five minutes you also can't pull guard. Right. The only way you can go to the ground is if you get taken down or you take the other guy down, et cetera. So which forces more action. Right. Which right, I love. Right. And and so he got super into it. Like I was a little iffy because I took him to an EBI like years ago and he wasn't into it. You know, got two guys walk out into the middle, immediately drop to their butts. <laughs> Who's into that? Yeah. So he was just like, ah, you know, he was neat. But this he got to see some action, some some scrambles and he was super into it. It was just like scrambles was, are the best. He was watching wrestling with finishes and he was just all about it. Scrambles are the best. Whether yeah. it's a meat lover scramble from Denny's or <laughs> you're scrambling in jujitsu. Like when you're in the middle of a scramble yeah. and you're like, boop, 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 and then finally it stops. You have like your cardio is wrecked, but you're like, wow, that was pretty fun. We were just yeah. like really getting after it right there. So there's nothing better than scramble. I really do feel like ABCC has really embraced that and has created a system where you're going to see more of that action, which is cool. They'll be going off the mats. Yeah. Just rolling down the street 
so part of that rule set too is if uh, if if it goes off the mat or even onto like an adjacent mat, as long as you're not running into the other competitors, as long as they're in the middle of movement and action and it's still an active fight at that point, they won't stop it unless you're rolling into a table that has a monitor on, you know what I mean? Like you, it's like you they just ba- people backed up. They, bro, it's, it's the ADCC has turned into the Maury Povich show. <laughs> <laughs> All the shit happens off the mats. It's like backstage. Like I always watched that show and I was like, Hey, if I'm going to um, get tickets to Maury, could you put me in the back? Right. Because that's where the fucking <laughs> big girl runs crying. You know what I mean? And I want to be there for that action. So, yeah, ADCC is wild, bro, because in jiu-jitsu and IBJJF and all these other ju- – you, you have a strategy of working the corners. Right. You get the guy, you turn the corner, touch a leg. It looks the rest like, oh, he's making action, but really then reset you in the middle, work the corners. Right. That's how you can win a match, especially as a big guy. Big guy hack right there. I've never even thought of that strategy. Work the corners. It's yeah. good in the ref's eyes. That's a secret. Keep that one. Um, but, yeah, ADCC, Maury Povich show. Right. And there's a meme there. I'm going to cut that. I'm going to put Maury. And that's how these things get created. We talked about that in the last episode. People are like, how does he come up with memes all the time? You just watch right it Right there. It just happened. Yep. The wheels were turning. Fucking monkey. Fucking. Do you fucking <laughs> think in memes, bro? That's it. Dude. I think <laughs> in memes. And, you know, yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, ADCC. That I mean, love that. Also, big UFC coming up next weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge. One of the biggest ones in a what while. What a wild um Two, the the main and the co-main both had injuries, and then it switched up to better fights. To better fights. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So much better fights. Yeah. Like, like I almost feel like they're rushing it. I feel like, dude, get these guys, like, like just, like, and I'm I'm here for it because you don't know what tomorrow's not promised, so, or what who's going to be on the card. But, like, if they're, like, hey, January, this card is happening. And we had like four months that really get hyped on it. You could throw another good fight on there. Like I, and it's like, put it in Vegas. But I think, I think by making it adds to the excitement. If anybody can do this, it's Volk. You know what I mean? We're talking Volkanovsky versus Makachev. Yeah. If anybody can do that, it's Volk. Do I think, I think it's going to end up the same way it did. And I think if it goes to the judges, it being in Abu Dhabi, it's going to be a bit biased. I think it's going to go the same, same route. I think if it goes to the judges and it's really, really close, mm-hmm. I think Volkanovski's going to get it because they want that third. And UFC is all about that bread. True, true. So, but do I think, I think I will definitely have money on the dog. Right. I think it'll be almost even. I think it'll be like, you know, pretty even Vol- line. Volk's the, um, the favorite right now. Stats are. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Chimai, uh, Makachev uh, gets him out of yeah. there this time. Um the other fight, though, I that fight when they broke that when they said Kamara Usman is going to fight, yeah, you know, Chimaev, yeah, uh, yeah, Chimaev, not Makachev, sorry, he's going to fight Chimaev. I'm like, holy fuck, yeah, because we all saw what Gilbert Burns did, yeah, and Gilbert Burns had him gassed, and Usman's beat Gilbert Burns. And right. MMA math, you can't do it. They say don't trust MMA math, and I agree, you don't. But if Usman can use his wrestling to keep it standing, that He's got power. But has Usman been training? But I guess he's been asking for this fight. Oh, okay. He's been asking, of what I've read, like an MMA junkie and stuff, he's been asking for this smoke Okay, to get back into the, to the yeah. thing. He wants, like, one more run at the title. Yeah. And uh, they already said, winner of this gets Strickland. Right. And Strickland wants Usman. And we got a little birdie, you know. We, I, we know one of Strickland's cornermen. Yeah. And I was talking to him last week, and he's Alex said, Sean wants that one back. And I feel that, like, Usman was here when they fought first, and Strickland was down. It was at 170. Right. Strickland sucked down to 170, and Sean would be, and Usman was just in his prime. And he broke his orbital, I think, and he ended up getting beating Sean, went to distance. But now I think they've kind of flipped. Yeah. Where Sean is at his prime. Right. And Usman's kind of on the decline. Right. And they're up in weight. Right. So let's see how it goes. Um, will Usman be able to take him down? Because he took down Sean like three or four times in their first fight. Is he going to be able to get that again? Right. Or is Sean just going to keep that pressure? Yeah. Sean and, and Strickland kind of broke 
Izzy. Yeah. Yeah. Izzy's fucking, what the fuck? <laughs> fucking out of order, bro. What happened? You guys getting DUIs? He's, I was like, he's taking time away you from fighting. that meme that somebody put, a, it was like a fake tweet from John Jones. It's like, little bro trying to be me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. He broke Izzy. Bro. Like, get, I'm, hey, I'm, and I'm, I'm cool. done fighting yeah. for a long time. Like, yeah, man. I like Izzy. Like whatever, man. Like, I don't, I don't like Izzy as much as his dogs do, but I like him. <laughs> But, like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, more power to you. Like, take your time off. He's made ba- bags and bags of cash. Yeah. So, I mean, he doesn't really need to fight again, I'm sure. No. But, um, yeah, man. I Who would you rather see? You want to see Sean fight Usman in a rematch? Or would you want to see him fight the Wolf? Either is good. I really like Hamzat. And I think he's he's an exciting fighter. I like the shit talk that he gets. And what, does he have an intimidating voice? No, no, he does not. No, he right. does not. God damn it. <laughs> I can't hear anybody. What the hell is that? Yeah. You know who does, though, in a, in a way, and maybe it's just because I come from like a super white trash family. <laughs> Sean reminds me of my drunk uncle that wants to whoop your ass. You know why <laughs> Sean is so, sounds like such a badass? Because he means it. Yeah. He yeah. means it. Well, you you've ever, said that before. That's the, you know, it's not an act. That's the man. Yeah, I've seen him talk like that in front of three people. Yeah. Not just thousands, right? Millions. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chemaev. I kind of want to see. Look, because I think Chemaev will get the belt eventually. Yeah, I think he will get his shot, and his time is coming. He's young in the game. I kind of want to see Usman because I don't know how much more he's got. Right. I kind of would like to see Usman and Sean, and then you I, know, I almost wonder if if Usman loses this when he retires. I he, I, I had heard rumblings that he might retire yeah on the last one okay you know what i mean yeah um and then uh, you know i i like to see you know then maybe colby versus uh you know yeah 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 i'd like to see like the real american wrestler versus you know (laughs) i i the the fight the in the distance fight i'd like to see would be um chemayev versus bo nickel Bo Nickel is okay. Is like my favorite fighter. Yeah, up and coming fighter. Yeah, and I haven't had a favorite fighter in a long time since GSP. Yeah, but Bo Nickel, I yeah. just feel like he came off humble. It's like I don't slip my wife, and I'm I like that. It's a good change of pace. We were so influenced with the Connor stuff, right? Like I was like, it was a nice change of pace for a guy. Who'd be like, you know, what? I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna bang my wife missionary style. I'm gonna go to church and say and kiss my kids. I'm right. like, hey, that's right. refreshing, right? And so like, I'm down with that. He, um, I saw an interview with him recently that they were showing him, uh, I guess Jemayev had made a comment about wrestling and how he's like a, a Swedish national champion or something like that. And they, it was an interview with Bo Nickel and they're like, what do you think about his wrestling? And he's just like, I will outpoint him in like less than a minute. Like it'll be, the match would be over. If, if it was a straight wrestling match, there's no chance. that. And I, I don't know if you've seen the Bo Nickel versus Gordon Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the wrestling, the one. wrestling. Well, yeah. they had like a, a grappling match, right? Well, there was and two. They, there was a wrestling one first, then a jujitsu match, and then Bonehead fucking German <laughs> suplex. Oh Gordon yeah, Ryan. Gordon oh, Ryan yeah. was being all funny. Yeah, and threw Gordon, his ass out there. Yeah, and Gordon Ryan, and, and Bo Nickel took him to fucking. Oh yeah, t- well, <laughs> took him up though. That's, that's where we're going. Then that's where we're going. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like yeah. Bo Nickel's the real truth. I think he will be a champion soon too. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I don't. I don't see him stopping. When you got like, n- minus seven thousand, right? Like on. On his betting lines, like he's the truth. And he, what I've heard from guys like Jorge Mazavall and guys at American Top Team, um, he's that guy. Yeah, he's got hands too. So, and he's just got that that wrestler's grind, and then the cardio is just endless at that point. He's know? like what Kurt Angle could have been. Right, right. You know what I mean? But UFC yeah. wasn't that shit. Then. Right. And like, could you imagine? Yeah. Kurt Angle. Yeah. And UFC. God. No one's choking that. What neck? God damn, dude. <laughs> that would have been fucking awesome. Dude. Yeah. Um, I kind of today after gonna so we're talking about MMA here, guys. See, look at that. Um, today I kind of want to talk about how to recognize a good gym versus a bad gym. Why are we bringing this up? Just because I know we'll eclipse. Yeah, yeah. Um, what clips? The, cl- <laughs> the clips are hot, folks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The clips get fucking traction. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, 
And which is good. I love traction. Negative traction, positive traction, yeah. all that traction. But good gym versus bad gym, it's just like you're going to have, you know, I feel like a thing you can notice on a good gym versus a bad gym is, A, you can look at the reviews right. when you sign up, right? Um, there's You can have like, but I think the main thing you can tell if you're in a good gym is like how big the kids' class is. Yeah. If the cave got a good kids' class, that means your professor is pretty fucking good. You're right. Because too. there's nobody that can um, see how a human being is than a single mom. Right. Or a mom. Yeah, read through. Read they through. can read a man. Right. And if they're like, man, this guy's good with kids, like he's probably legit. And then obviously you can look him up on their socials and stuff. And you're like, oh, he's won this, he's won that. Right. Because usually a legit black belt on his social media will have Everything he's won, his right. credentials, all this, his lineage, his website. Multiple time, pants champion. Right, multiple time. all that good yeah. stuff. So yeah. that's a one way you could tell. Um, but, like, there's, there are bad gyms out there. Right. Well, the the clip that, that brought this up, it was kind of two of them. Um, they were split from the same section of that last pod, but it was about the uh, uh, the stripes. Stripes right. not really holding any bearing. Yeah, people got mad about that. Yeah, yeah. And, like... And it's hard. Okay, I get it. Like, there's not a lot of people who make it to black belt. And when I say like, um, you then you hear always hear the black belts like you really don't start learning jujitsu until you turn to black belt, right? And like, I I don't I I know from like a person who's never had a black belt how that might seem like, dude, I'm learning jujitsu every fucking day. What are you talking about? I've had a knee surgery, this that weather, yeah. But it's true. Yeah, and you guys, once you guys get there, and I hope everybody listening to this gets there. Once you get it, you're like, dude, I really don't know shit. I've had conversations with a few black belts about this specifically. One of them was I, um, Jason. I I did like an hour and a half sit down uh, interview with Jason um, for like a little documentary thing I'm, I'm working on, and in that interview, we had mentioned about this specifically him being a black belt and how he he made that exact comment. Like, I feel like I'm. I'm just just touching the tip of the iceberg of learning jujitsu. It's so true because I and I, you know, I go into like when I'm teaching class, I'm like, I don't want to let these guys down. I feel like I got to show them something cool every day. Right. And like it's like sometimes you can't show them something cool. Sometimes you got to show them something basic. Right. And it's like and then I look at the high level guys in the class and I'm like, they want to see them cool. And I'm showing scissor sweet. Right. And it kind of sucks. And I feel like. You know, you want to like them to respect you for your belt. And they do. And if you just got your black belt, you got to realize like these guys do respect you and your black belt. They wouldn't be in the class. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So it's kind of like, um, but that's why the whole stripe thing was, I was like, stripes don't really matter. It's kind of a money grab. And now look at, I'm saying stuff to get bullets. I'm throwing hot missiles at you guys because right. I want the fire right. and you guys fucking brought it. But Stripes really, like I said, they don't really matter to get to black. Like, Why does they matter at black? I was like, because that's how up you get your degrees in black belt. Is that's how you get measured on your skill? Because only a second degree black belt can give a black belt. See, I didn't know that until you mentioned it. I was like, oh shit, that makes sense. So you have the stripes actually mean something, right? Um, when it comes to like the other colored belts, it's just kind of like blue gets you to you know, it's pretty much a measurement for um, who uh, how long you've been there, right? A stripe is roughly six months. Right. Yeah. And, you know, some some guys give stripes on their kid, their people's first day. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Like your first day. Here's your first stripe. Welcome to jujitsu. Yeah. Come on, man. What are we doing? Yeah. Speaking of gyms, good gyms versus bad gyms. So I know someone, I, I may have mentioned this in the past. I know someone whose child goes to a jujitsu school. The child has been doing jujitsu for maybe four or five years now. And when I say child, I mean this kid's like nine mm. and he's a brown belt. The face that you're making makes sense to me. What the fuck? Yes. <laughs> that's not that's not legit. So I look, I, I even showed, I showed one of the purple belts that goes to my school and he's looking at it and he's like, what the fuck? They don't have kids' belts. And I'm sitting there going like, is it, is it really, maybe it, maybe it's not Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, maybe it's some sort of like older Jiu-Jitsu, like, I don't know. Then I start looking like at the gym page and it's it, some sort of a, a Gracie gym, at least it had Gracie in the name. 
and it was just weird to me. And mm. I'm like, to my knowledge, and you but know, it's, in all fairness, it's in like Ohio or right. some shit like that. You know, you what can't I mean? you can't have you can't even get a blue belt till you're 15, right? Right. That's why they have the junior belts. Right. And I don't even know the junior belts because my kid hasn't started jujitsu yet. And, and I don't like, teach kids class. If you if that kid goes to a like a tournament, you know what I mean? Like and you go to sign them up for a tournament by the, their belt, like they can't like, compete. Yeah. You go to an IBJJF, there's not gonna be a nine year old brown belt class. No. So I wanna see Mickey Galval was the youngest black belt. And he was seventeen and people were pissed about that. Oh really? People, I guess that was last year. So people uh, were pissed that he got his black belt because he wasn't old enough technically to have a black belt. Right. And but I mean the guy is fucking legit. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. He's legit a black belt. So give him his fucking black belt. But uh, by the rules, technically, I don't think he was old enough, or there was some kind of thing where like he couldn't uh, qualify for it. Yeah. So yeah, if you're giving your look at how heavy is that little kid's belt? <laughs> Holy fuck! Right. He's a bra- so you're going to give this kid a black belt. It's not a Taekwondo belt. Now you can have junior black belt. Are they doing the junior, like junior brown belt? Junior, they don't have that. If you're creating your own belt system yeah. in Ohio, yeah. like, come on, man. Like, that's not I, yeah, how it works. I, I, I just think there's going to be a, a, you know, a, a rude awakening someday for that child. And he might be a good. Right. But, I mean... You got to do the junior belts. <laughs> that, that's that was absurd. Well, so you, what you're basically saying, you know, what they're saying is that like roughly this kid when he's 11 or 12, he'll be a black belt, and it's like, yeah, that, nah, man, no, nah, that's nah, not, dude. That's not how that's not how that works. Nah, man, he hasn't had first knee surgery yet, dude. <laughs> 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 nah. That's how. That's how you grade if someone's legit in the sport or not. Yeah. yeah. How many you, knee surgeries have you Purple had? belt, man. That's your knee surgery belt. Um, <laughs> like this fucking, co- like this uh, podcast. Subscribe to this podcast right now on whatever platform you listen to if you got a knee surgery at Purple Belt. <laughs> and you have to. If, if you're like, man, he's, I better do it. Yeah, I got one. Yeah. If, if you got a knee surgery at Purple Belt, hit that follow button. Yeah. Right now. Pause it, hit it, and then push play. Hey, welcome back. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, back to the good gym, bad gym thing. I, I think I, the kids' class thing is super valid point. I think um, gym culture. I, so that was one of the things where when we were talking about uh, it, the other thing was, you know, uh, douchebags, weeding out douchebags. Jiu-Jitsu weeds out douchebags. And people were just like, oh, well, I know I know plenty of people at gyms that are, that are douchebags. And it's like that's kind of the professor's job to – kind of have conversations with those people, tone it down. If people have made complaints to the professor about a person that's a douchebag in class, in the gym, the professor should be stepping up to have a conversation with that person right. to correct mm-hmm. that. Now, if the professor doesn't, or the or that's, you know, the professor's boy or something like that, or the professor's kind of a douchebag, like maybe you should avoid that gym. Right. And you and you, if the professor, look at the professor is not a likable guy. He's not going to have a lot of numbers in his school. Right. You have to have a guy you want to hang out with. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this guy is going to be the guy you want to give you your black belt. Right. Like, do you want to be a black belt under an asshole? Nobody does. No. So those guys, gyms. Like, I don't know how many people Rosemar Paul Harris has at his school. But I would say it's probably not a lot. I, I promise you all those purple belts have had a knee surgery, though. <laughs> and if, yes. And if you are one of his students, you know you just hit that like button on this podcast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't, I don't like, you You pretty much tell. And then, then there's hygiene. If your gym, you can like, man, this gym's dirty. Yeah. You could tell. If you see kids running off the mat, barefoot, and running on the mat, that happens. But if you don't, if you don't see someone saying, hey, 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 hey. Uh-uh. Don't do that and reprimanding the kids and just running into the bathroom, running back on the mat. That's wrong. And if you don't see people, you know, there's like walking on the mat and shoes and they, you can yeah. tell if a gym's clean or not real fast. Yeah. Real fast. Um, and then now the mats could be weathered. That's fine. But like, are they clean? There's a big difference. Um, if the gym is too big, if there's 80 people on the mat and sometimes our gyms like that. Yeah. That might not be a fit for you because guess what? You might get lost in the shuffle. Right. Well, in all fairness, though, your gym may have 80 people on the mat, but there's probably also 10 black belts. <laughs> exactly. On the mat. Yeah. So, but if there's one professor and there's like 80 guys on the yeah, mat, yeah. you're like, this guy doesn't even know who I am. Right. And who wants to do something 
You know, I mean, then then you're basically just taking a spin class, right? Because you just came in, you got your work, and you don't even know the person pedaling in the front. So you also you you've got to look at how long the just basic research. How long's the gym been there? Okay, you you show up. The gym's been here ten years. Okay, how many black belts are there? How many brown belts are there? How many purple belts are there? You know what I mean? Like if you can, if you if you look at that and okay, that usually that means there's been some longe- longevity in mm. that gym. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, also, um, are there are there people? So like in in Poncho's gym, I've always noticed that there are there's a lot of black belts that that don't go up and up new schools they just stay with poncho they stay training with poncho they he integrates them into his own gym you know training program you're teaching class there jay still comes back and teaches classes mm-hmm. there even though he has his own gym phil teaches classes there you've got um because of the, the gratitude and because of the right the like the respect we have for that guy yeah jojo and scott like there's so many black belts the coolest poncho story i can ever tell you guys and this is his name is Ricardo Feliciano, Marietta, California. If you ever want to train, if you ever just want to go up to them, he's like a super nice guy. Yeah. The coolest punch story, and this is why I will forever, forever be indebted to this man. Okay. My uncle, a little fun fact about me, my uncle, I was doing MMA, doing all that stuff. I had a real bad knee injury, not a purple belt, but I had a bad knee injury. Um, first knee injury. I quit training, started lifting a lot, thought my training days were done. My uncle's like, hey, I want to get my sons to jujitsu. Do you want to jujitsu? I was part-time at my job. I didn't have a lot of money. He's like, I'm going to pay for you. So he pays for a year of training for me. Okay. Gets me hooked up in there. Long story long, I end up not staying at that school, and I end up somehow finding Poncho and training with Poncho. My uncle ends up coming over because I'm there. Right. And he brings his sons there and they're training under Poncho. Okay. Um, my uncle passes away, cancer. Poncho didn't have to do this. He holds an open mat, donations for my family. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Has a super fight. Has a super fight. Gives all the money from his super fight, jujitsu, to my aunt. Oh, wow. And like shows up at the funeral. Oh wow. And I'm not I'm was that was that brown belt? I was a brown belt. I'm like, he didn't have to do all that. Yeah, nobody asked. And that's just the kind of guy he is. He's this the coolest guy. So I'm always gonna be indebted to Pacho. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, there's like whatever he needs, I'll run through a wall for the guy. Because he just goes over and does the extra stuff. And I see that with Jason. And I see that with all these other black belts. Yeah. They're like, what do you need? Like, they're like, you know, that's how you run good business. Right. You have good relationships with your students. You're not just their professor. You're their friend. It's the culture that he's inspired in that gym, too. Because Jay, in opening his own gym, is fostering that same kind of a thing. You know what I mean? We had a, a student whose parents passed away, young young student whose parents passed away in a in an accident of right. sorts a couple months ago. Jay had a fundraiser at the gym. Jay had a fundraiser at the tattoo shop. Jay, like Jay raised as much money as he possibly could for these kids. And these are just students, you know what I mean, that have been there for a year, year and a half or something like that. But he's like, he cares. He genuinely cares about it. It's, it's not, it's not just a gym. It's a family. You know, we mentioned that in a couple of podcasts ago. It's like a good gym feels like a family. And if you, if, if the class is over, and you see people hanging out there and they're talking and not everybody's just packing their shit and, and is out of there, that's probably a good gym. But if everybody's just packing their shit and they're out of there and like, okay, when I show up to my class, the kids' class is ending. The, the parents for the kids' class are out front talking for like probably the first 20 minutes of my class. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they will leave the gym because it's not a very large space and they want to be respectful of the, the class that's going on there and not talking over the instructor and whatnot, but they, they'll go to the pizza place next door. Right. They'll, you know, the, 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 all the kids, parents are buying pizzas and, and like you know, eating as the, the class and whatnot. Nobody coordinated it. It's just, that's the community that's been fostered within that gym. It's a family, you know, right. There's, these kids spend, you know, multiple hours a week practicing, trying to kill each other. 
and you know the parents are are there for it. You know what I mean? So it's it, that's that's a good culture. Poncho's Gym has always had a a warm feeling. Anytime I've walked in there, I may not know people. People will walk up to me, shake my hand, introduce themselves. Like it's not it's not weird. You know what I mean? That it's not. There's no ego there. And I don't know this for sure. And I'm I could be talking out my ass, but I know for a fact. <laughs> I don't know this for sure, but I know for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I'm pretty like. I know there's probably been times where guys aren't making money or they don't have the money and they don't have this. And I know Poncho's in there and I guarantee you, despite how cool this dude is, he's like, just come train. Yeah. Just come train. We'll talk about it later. We'll figure it out. Right. Like, and that's just the kind of guy he is. And on the other side of that, I know a guy in a gym who literally one of his students was younger, passed away. Okay. And I know for a fact that that guy charged, made the parents pay the rest of the contract. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a douchebag. Yeah, 100%. I don't care how, un, I don't care how, um, unprofessional, how much you, maybe you need the money for yourself. Right. Never. But if your student passes away and yeah. you, he's in a, tw- a year deal, Right. And he's got like five months left. You don't charge the parents. No, that's dark. Because they're not training jujitsu. Right. And you're like, no, the deal's the deal. And to me, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, right. there's levels. Of, like, well, all I can say is if you're trying out a new gym, usually gyms will give you a couple weeks yeah. free. And at White Belt, it's your, it's your time to figure out which gym in your area is best for you. Right. And get the feel for the vibe. Of the gym. Try multiple out and maybe go back to the one you felt the best at. You right. Know what I mean, that's don't, like, don't just, settle immediately. Yeah. Just don't, those, and don't just pick one because it's close to your house. Right. Like, don't be afraid to drive for a better training. Right. Because trust me, it's better. Yeah. Because you don't want to be a blue belt and be like, man, that's right. Bring some of my house. But like, you know, guys at the other gym, because they're at the tournament, because you all, the gyms in the area hit the same tournaments and right. they're looking like they're having a great time and they're winning and they got cool shirts. And, like, right. and the next thing you know, you're like, damn, but this one's so close to my house. You know, you get what you pay for. 100%. Yeah. So, and now gym culture for guys yeah. compared to girls is way different. Yeah. <laughs> it's way- well, I assume it is. I don't know. I've never been. We'll, in a- g- we'll go there and be like, you know, guys will be talking about pussy, whatever. We'll like talking yeah. about, you know, like inside dirty locker room jokes. A guy will just shit on another guy. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, look, you're pathetic. <laughs> like, I don't know. Do girls do that? And if they do, I want you guys. I don't know. I've never been to an all women's BJJ class and I've never even taught an all women's class. So I don't know how the vibe is. But like, are you guys talking about like, oh, Susie's such a slut, blah, blah, blah. Are you guys doing that? Like just like ragging each other? Do girls do that? Because I don't think my wife does that. I have a guy that when we roll, he called like, even if I'm beating him, he's calling you. You're a bitch. I hate you. Yeah. He loves me, but there's definitely... A massive shit talking while we're rolling and after the, the the roll and but then i see like the girls like in our classes and whatnot when they pair up and roll and whatnot they're all supportive and like i like selfies and high-fiving like the selfies the girls always taking the selfies yeah and having a great time but i like do, do girls talk shit i know they do like in ufc like you got the ronda rousey misha tate shit they like really actually don't like each other and they want to throw hands but like what's the, the environment for women's because the, there's nothing better so you've had a, um, I agree with you on that. I, I, I'm a big proponent of shit talking in general. That may just be my former military experience speaking as well. I just well. think it's a guy thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you go from, you get on, you want to see some shit talk, <laughs> turn on an Xbox. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Modern Warfare 3 uh, beta is out this weekend. You'll just be way. like, oh, fuck you. Man. Yeah. So like, so, yeah. But, so, uh. So, so okay, have you had any, I know that there's like um, one particular black belt that I know you've been training with for a long time. Does she partake in the shit talking as well? Does she have a mouthpiece on her like that? Um, I don't know. No, because you know what? Unfortunately, and like, and for just, so the girls that train, like Ashley Yoder, UFC, Mm -hmm. um, just fought this last weekend. Uh, She is very funny. Yeah. She's super funny, and I could probably talk a little shit with her here and there. But like, I definitely just, I definitely, uh, kind of like nerf my, <laughs> I nerf my, okay, I nerf respect. myself because I know I'm not gonna say anything out of pocket. I don't want to make a 
they're already it's already a male dominated environment and i'm not going to say anything to make a female feel uncomfortable for doing something i think that every woman should do right so if i have women training with me or i'm training with women i want them to be 100% comfortable i don't want them to feel um insecure or you know you know like down on themselves so you're definitely not going to get the same banter from me when there's women present period maybe that's just how i was raised or but i just i want them to feel like jujitsu is a safe place and women shouldn't feel like oh these guys are just talking about bitches and right and like the guy locker room talk that should not if there's women in your class there should be no locker room talk you should treat it like there's a six-year-old in there right and that's how i kind of change my mind whenever there's women in the class right so um what do you think i don't know i um like I said, that from the only thing I could base it off of would be the uh, the women that I see in my class, and they're just they're all super supportive of each other, and they're like they'll kind of go off to the side. Like when it's time to roll, they always are the first roll together, and then they'll go like they'll they'll roll, but then they'll like they'll like work on little things together. It's it, it's it's hard. It's hard to get women. Women are not going to search out dudes for rounds. I'm going to tell you that right now. They're not going to be like, hey, me and you. Yeah. Maybe if it's her class. Maybe it's Gabby Garcia. Right. So the big over here. <laughs> I mean, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Looking like Goro from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but, hey, like, like, I, besides that, you're not going to get females be, like, alphaing, asking dudes a role. Right. Now, I can ask if I see a girl and then it's like, sometimes no one, I'll be teaching class. It's odd number. And like the guy who doesn't pair up, they get me. Right. And I'm like, I was like, hey, me and you. And like, of course, it's you know, you just have fun. Right. But like, you they'll roll with you if you ask them. But you got to treat the girls with respect. You can't hurt them. You got to like this. I'm I'm just happy that women are training. So I'm not trying to go crazy. Right. Um. What else I got here? Um. Finding uncommon fires in your jujitsu. So explain the the uncommon fires theory. I think everybody, sometimes you'll hit like a lull in your game and you'll hit like a plateau, whether it's mentally or whether it's physically, but you have to find uncommon fires. Um, And uncommon fires can be anything. It could be like my girlfriend left me. Right. Here's jujitsu, uncommon fire. You just lit that shit. It could be like, oh, um, someone called me fat or um, someone said, I can't do it. My uncommon fire. There was a guy, I was a white belt. I had a bunch of guys in my team it was for American top team. And he would bring people gear and he would like hook everybody up with shorts and rash guards and this, and that, and this. And like, he was like pretty much like hooking everybody up right? and like helping him with tournaments and stuff. And he looked at me and he said, man, I'm not going to give you anything because I don't think you are like serious about it. <sighs> And I don't think you are like going to do that. Right. And his name is Ramon and Dino. Boom. Name drop. I don't give a <laughs> fuck. Anyways, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he lit a fire and I'm think I'll thank you for it. Thank you. And he probably don't even remember doing that. Yeah. And usually someone who lights the fire, they don't remember. So I want to thank him for doing that because that focused me. I was taking care of my brother. I was working. I was, you know, I was, maybe I wasn't training and self-reflecting now I wasn't training as hard as I was, but that helped me, um, say, you know, fuck you, bro. Like I'll show you. And now look, I made it the black belt. Right. First degree. A lot of those guys that were, he was helping out. They're not even training anymore. Some are, but some aren't. And he lit an uncommon fire in me. Yeah. So uncommon fires. You, sometimes you got to find it. Yeah, I I'd say um, mine would be just I I started training like five years ago, six years ago, I think, or something like that. And then I trained for like a year, year and a half, and then work got in the way, got a promotion, just got busy with life, had a kid, and I would have these um, conversations outside of a gym, obviously, with like I'd run into Jay at a, a kid's birthday party or something like that. And this, he wasn't, he didn't have, have a school yet. And he was just like, oh, you're going to come back and train? And just like, just him even asking me. And I know he was doing it like in a nice way. Like, you know, like, hey, you know, it'd be cool. Like, we miss you, that kind of a thing. But it would like, it would sting like, fuck, I want to go back and train, you know? Like, and it would just, it was something that just, it was always in the back of my head. And it always kind of ate at me. Or like, 
I'd see somebody that I was training with initially get another belt promotion. It's like, yeah. oh, he went from, it's like we were, we, when we were together, he got promoted to blue and then like, now he's purple, now he's brown belt. And it's like, fuck. That could be me. Yeah. It's like, sometimes that is I a fire. That. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, dude. Or, uh, yeah. So like, okay, I, I, um, that was my uncommon fire for blue belt. So I went to Poncho's for an open mat and I saw a guy get promoted to brown belt. And when I was at Poncho's, he was like a two stripe white belt and I was like a no stripe white belt. And I remember rolling with them and I remember like having like decent rolling and whatnot, but like, you know, we were both fucking white belts. Right. But now he's a brown belt. And I'm like, dude, if I never would have fucking quit, could have been me. I could be a brown belt right now. Yeah. I mean, and you know, everybody's race is different. Everybody's yeah. growth is different. People will get, it's not a race. Everybody takes school at a different time. Yeah. You know what but I mean? That was the, that was where I was just like, I gotta get, I gotta get my fucking blue belt. I gotta fucking, I just, it, and I had no issues with being a white belt. And I, and I, and it, and it, when promotion time came around, if, if I wasn't the guy getting the blue belt, it didn't bug me. Like I, I, I there wasn't like that weird jealousy that I had in the past anymore. It was kind of like, okay, just for the next, I got six months to work my ass off for the next one. Like, let's go. You know what I mean? Like maybe I can pull it this next time around. And then when I got the blue belt, it's like, Okay, I got. I know I've got a, a, a roughly a two year timeline, so I'm not getting a purple anytime soon. Let's just work our fucking ass off until then, and and start chipping away at it. And part of me is like that way. I have a fire lit in me about firearms. Yeah, right. And like you posted something today on your personal thing. Yeah, and that kind of was like, yeah, he's freaking right. Because yeah. do I own them? Yes. Do I have them? You have a, a, I have quite a few. Yeah. But are you proficient? I'm not. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't put the rounds in yeah. in training yeah. to be proficient. Like I said, I, my analogy, I'm tying the shoes. I'm still like bunny hoop. I'm talking it through. Right. I'm not like just set it and forget it. Think about it, rip and go. Right. And like I need to be. I would say I'm like a two-stripe, three-stripe white belt at guns. It's one of those things where it's like if I'm going to a range and I have any of my guns out there, I can pick them up and I can shoot them well. But could I draw from an appendix carry holster, shoot a, a mag off, tactically reload quickly, you know, have another one in the chamber and, and get more shots off? Like and that's the kind of like repetition, like where that's where I need to work on. Like, yeah, I can shoot. I can pick up most any gun at this point, find the sights, hit my target. But am I, am I proficient enough? To carry a weapon. And to me, like, I'm good at, like, I'm good with my Glock. Right. I'm pretty accurate with that. But, like, you know, my, you know, 357, I'm not. Right. Like, like it's like, it's like a waste of gun. Right. For me, because I'm not accurate enough with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so there's certain things, like, yeah, you, you, I can, it's just, you know, and I need to put the work in. And I think, like, self-reflecting. And that's another thing with jujitsu. Like, I'm not, like, I've been humbled so many times training. Right. I've been beat up so many times that, like. I know, like, and there's guys, there are white belts and blue belts that I train every morning. They're cops, and they're freaking brown belt, black belts at guns. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm telling, like, hey, guys, like, I am good. I am gr above average professor level at a secondary skill. Right. Because the first skill you want, I don't want to have to grab you. Yeah. And so I need to self-improve on that. So when you posted that today, as it was kind of like uncommon fires, like, you know, like, they, like, like, it was like, I wasn't expecting that fire, yeah. the light, but it lit me. It lit it up, yeah. and I was like, I need to get better at that. Like, I for, for sure saw that on your page, and I was like, at the freak party, by the way, and I was like, you know what? Like, I got to I gotta get better at shooting. He's 100% right. Like, it's not just that, too. It's, it's um, it, I mentioned the first aid thing, too. Like, do, most people aren't capable. You, you could put a Band-Aid on. Could you dress a wound? Right. Could you stop bleeding in someone's arm? Like a tourniquet, Could, yeah. could you use a tourniquet? You know what I mean? Like... How proficient are you with that? Because if, if, if God forbid it ever happens, but if you're ever in a situation where there's a gunfight going on and do you even have a good first aid kit available? Like that was something that like in the last year I was like looking for a band aid for a cut. And I'm like, I'm looking through cabinets in the kitchen, go upstairs in the bathroom. So where like, is it right now? Fuck is a band aid? You know what like, I mean? Why I need to get to it right yeah. now? Too late. You're dead. Right. Right. And so I immediately went on Amazon and I bought like a, like a, I don't know, an $80 fucking first aid kit. And like, so I have one upstairs, one downstairs, 
because it's important to me. Like if some, if, what if I got a deeper cut? What if I was in the kitchen and I cut myself with a knife or I cut my finger off or, you know what I mean? Or, or, or God deep. forbid your kid got hurt. Right. Right. It's just like, I got to be able to like quickly get this as clean as possible, as dressed as possible, stop the bleeding, get to a hospital. And there's half the times if you're married, you guys know this two, and it probably happens to you two or three times a month. My wife will wake me up out of a dead sleep and have me walking around my house, clearing rooms in my underwear. <laughs> like I like, I heard something I'm like, all right, but like I'm, my mind is wrong because I'm not, I'm just going like, let's go hands, baby hands and boxer briefs. And I'm like, I'm not like, it's right there. I never think to grab my, right. my gut, my piece. Yeah. I'm never thinking that I'm, I'm always like, just go grapple. <laughs> and I got to switch that during the original dark times, uh, of 2020, mm-hmm. the darkness, there was, uh, a rainy night and my ring doorbell goes off and there are two men at my front door at three o'clock in the morning wearing masks like a holy not shit. not like a not like a like a not a n95 mask or whatever like, like a ski mask yes going door to door so they hit my because we checked the the neighborhood app or whatever looking under my floor mat for a key looking around my home evade yes yes at my front door i watched them try to unlock my front door j- j- through my whole neighborhood they went house to house trying that shit they didn't get in, hopefully. No, 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 I didn't see anything posted about anybody getting Fuck, in it. Dude. But it's just like when that happened. Jiu-Jitsu is not going to help there. Right, right. Yeah, two large men. I'm I'm one guy. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. At best case scenario, I would take one out. What about the other? You know what I mean? So it was a it was a wake-up call. It was like, and I live in like a, the, the part of right. the world that we live in is a relatively safe part. Correct. Of, yeah. And I live in like a small kind of gated community. It's. I would, this was like the last place you would expect something like yeah, that to happen. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, that's when, that's when you gotta have that shotgun. Right. Dead on. So it was, it was a wake up call. Like I need to be aware of my surroundings. I need to make sure that I have a weapon that I'm proficient with. You get too, to com- people get too comfortable. Yes. Just like you people get comfortable when they're driving the car and most accidents happen close to the house. The wife cl- and I put together like a contingency plan kind of a thing. Like if this were to happen, what would you do? Okay, well, our kid's across the hallway from us. You get to the kid. You make sure you have a weapon with you as well. You stay in that room with that door closed until I tell you to come out. And if somebody comes through that door. And I didn't say the whatever word or whatever that right, it's me. Right. You, you shoot. You Yeah. Yeah. End of story. You know what I mean? Like that. We had it. We sat down and like talked about that. Like it was a scary time, you know. What Dude, I mean? that's a crazy story, man. So, so then a couple months later, I get it. the doorbell rings at. I want to say it was like I was asleep. We were asleep. It was like eleven thirty at night or something like that. Doorbell rings. What the fuck is my doorbell ringing eleven thirty at night for? I get up, I grab a gun, in my boxers, coming down the stairs, looking through the people. I don't see anybody. I'm like. Fuck. I've got a tactical item gun. I'm looking through the backyard. Got the, the light on. 1,500 lumens in the backyard looking for anybody that might be in the backyard. I'm opening the garage up, looking through the garage. Right. I don't know what's going on. Finally, I go to the front door. I unlock the front door. My keys, my car keys, my house keys are laying on my porch. The neighbor, I left them in the mailbox. Unlocking the mailbox, left my fucking keys in there. Duh. The neighbor recognized my car keys. And he was ringing the doorbell to bring him back. I just didn't get downstairs. But yeah, but like that original the, from the darkness, that that uncommon fire. Yeah, that, those boys lit a fire. Yeah, yeah. So now on. you're ready. Yeah. So it makes total sense, and we shouldn't have to wait for the fire to be lit for something like it's that. Too late at that point, right? Like, like I need to take what you said, and you know, right. get better. So maybe that is entitles me, me and you going somewhere. And you helping me. Yeah. And like, well, you know, I help you jujitsu. You help me shoot. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's something that maybe needs to be done. Um, And I know there's other programs like Guns and Geese. I don't know if you heard of them. Mm -mm. But Joao Assis and like Greg Anderson, a bunch of guys like military operative guys. They're black belts and jujitsu guys and have these shooting programs. Nice. And uh, they, uh, they have like, you can go and like learn how to shoot. 
tactical situations mm-hmm. and then train gi jiu-jitsu with joelle nice. and like it's crazy it's like a cool thing so like don't be afraid to like practice a lot of people are so scared of weapons yeah but like it's better to have you know well, especially be- if you train if you train this you should not be uh uncomfortable with the thought of violence no you know what i mean it happens it's not like it it and it's not uncommon either you know what I mean? It might be uncommon in your your own little world until it's not. But if you if you're training jujitsu because you want to be proficient, if somebody were to try to put hands on you, well then you should be proficient in other areas as well. Exactly. And like like I think like the first thing they say is like when you're doing a hand to hand combat with somebody, the best thing that can happen to you is get punched in the face and you realize it doesn't hurt. Right. Now I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. I'm just saying like you're wow, not yeah. I okay. Yeah, I'm well, awake still. I'm, you think I'm like everybody still. thinks like you hit in the face. Oh, I'm crying. Like no, right. like oh man, your adrenaline's a boom. It's there. Yeah. So it's good to get sufficient in all aspects of life, and be prepared. And I feel feel like as a man of the house, you should be good with your firearm. You should be sufficient with that. You should be sufficient with your grappling. You should be sufficient with your striking. Right. All that because it's your job. You're the break glass. Yeah. The man of the house is the break glass for his family. Yeah. When when shit hits the fan. And they have to break glass. It's dad. Yeah. It's husband. Yeah. It's brother. It's dad. Whatever. It's uncle. You're that guy. So, you know what I mean? Like, what kind of what kind of dog are you? Right. Are you a are you a German Shepherd or are you a Labradoodle? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you better have a. And we all come from wolves. Right. You better have a little bit of dog in you. Right. A little bit of mean one in there because you know that's what keeps the other mean dogs away. So let's get into some questions. I didn't think we we're going to go there at that podcast, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, got a couple questions here on Instagram. I reached out um, and I will see what they say. Oh, got even more. Okay, here we go. Best simple advice uh, for a 52 year old just starting jujitsu. Listen to your body. This comes from Nikki Avaro. Okay. Yeah. Listen to your body. Yeah. Train as often as you can. And you're a fucking gangster, dude. You're a gangster. You know why you're a gangster, Nikki? I'm going to tell you why. Because we have an old guy in our gym. Old man Jay. And everybody's in a pop now that I said his name on the podcast. Old man Jay. He's cranky. He's And he's always kind of down on himself. And I'm like, one day I pull him to the side and he's sitting to me. He's like, man, you guys are so strong. He's strong. He's this. He's that. I'm like, how old are you, Jay? He's like 65, oh, 67, wow. something like that. And I'm like, bro. I was like, you. Right. You're a blue belt? I'm like, you were a gangster, dude. Yeah. You're here I was like, working your all your friends are freaking at the donut shop right now talking about the high school football game. Right. You're here with 30-year-olds and 20-year-olds rolling, getting wild, getting weird, putting it on the line. I was like, I hope to God they'd be training still at 65. Right. Like, I was like, you're killing it. You're doing pull-ups. You're taking Krav Maga. I was like, you're a gangster. Right. I was like, I envy you. Even though I have the black belt and you're the blue belt, I want to be what you are doing at that age. Right. So for you starting at 52... Nikki, that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Because guess what? You whether you have grandkids or kids, you're doing something. And I'm telling you right now, your wife might be, or if you're not married or whatever, they're looking at you, this guy's 52. What's he doing? He's crazy. You're gonna have those people doing that. Like we're doing jujitsu, pajamas, karate stuff. Right. Well, that's all gonna happen. But you are actually bettering yourself as a human and you're actually they're just kind of envious that you're actually doing that and then once you finally get your blue belt right or you start getting a little status people are going to start asking you why and they're gonna start asking you how well there's going to be an inevitable change in the body as well 100 percent. yeah so i mean whether it just be your overall body movement your, <laughs> your flexibility your um you know physical change you know maybe some muscle mass changes things like that like there's going to be a change and people will see that especially the people that don't see you every day the people that 
they might they see you, you know, once a month or once every couple of weeks or something like that. They're going to one day you're going to walk by them and they're going to be like, "Whoa. Like, what what are you been up to?" You know what I mean? And you're going to you're going to get injured. So like you can't be like I'm listening to my body, like you said, which is good. Don't you're not going to be a four day a weeker. You, you, if you feel like, hey, I, I'm hurting, I need to take the day off. Take the day off. Um, be selective on who you choose on rounds. Right. You know, I have things like, well, if you're a big guy, it's your job to roll with the big. Guy. It, well, and if you're older, it's not your job to roll with the big guys. Right. It's like you're, you know, you got to trust your body. You got to know your limitations. And if you have a good professor, like we talked about earlier. He will know that you're older and he will know he will set you up with rounds that are good for you or he will roll and he will set you up with higher level guys who will take care of you in your rounds. Right. So don't be afraid of that. But listen to the advice of earliest podcast. Be selective on your gym. Be selective on the culture of your gym. Be selective on uh, like listening to your body and just take it as, you know, you're bettering yourself every day. Every day you train is a better day. To be alive. Yeah. The, the age old uh, saying, you know, just 1% better every day. Like be consistent, keep going, listen to your body. And before maybe you know you're it, a fit guy already and you work out a lot. Yeah. And that's going to help you tremendously. But if you don't, if jujitsu is something you're like, I just don't like traditional working out and I don't like, you know, picking shit up and setting shit down. And I'm looking for, I don't want to be on a hamster wheel to try to lose the weight. I'm looking for something where I can make camaraderie. I can make friends and, and I can, you know, get a good workout in and learn a skill. That's what jujitsu is. And don't compare yourself. Do not compare yourself to other yeah. people in the gym. Don't Even if you're both white belts, if you got a guy that's 25 years old and he's starting at the same time as you, if he progresses faster, he's able to do moves that you can't do. Like don't, that's not a, that's not an equal basis for comparison. You will, but by working out, you're fighting age. Yeah. Yeah. You're fighting that age. You, you're like still moving. Right. And you're still in the fight. What you don't use, you will, you will lose. So, and, but you can gain it back. It's just going to be harder. So the good on you for, for getting, yeah. getting out. Good it. on you. Next question. Being a, from, uh, TKD penguin, Kyle being a black belt already, family man what motivates you to uh to train as hard as you do still well motivation for me comes from my motivation for this whole social media and for everything that i do is i don't know if i said this before but i want to live forever and by living forever is um there's growing up i don't have a lot of um memories i was kind of raised by my mom and my grandparents but there's like not a lot of video back then Right. Of like my grandparents or nothing. So I kind of like forget who they were. Yeah. So I kind of want to like live forever by like posting videos on social media. Me talking. Like if my daughter, if something happens to me and my daughter just types my name in. Right. There I am. I'm everywhere. You right. can hear me talking all day long. Right. Now am I saying some stuff that's not good for kids ears? Yes. <laughs> but I'm still like she can find her dad online. And by me training jujitsu and competing when I can and winning certain, uh, you know, and like putting it on the line, that kind of like motivates like one day when I'm past it and I'm like in hospice and I'm almost out and I'm almost, you know, um, my time on this earth is done. My grandkids are going to be going through my stuff and they're going to see my medals and they're going to see like, dang, Grandpa Vega, look at him. All right. this black belt, boom, this, this degree, train, this. I'm creating like a lesson or like another motivational uh, uh, piece for like their life. So they could be like, wow, look at us. We got, look at, look what he did. Like, and I feel like that's why I train and I stay motivated. And I keep going because I kind of want to like teach them like my future, future generations right. of like, and even if it's like, it's not much like jujitsu, but like, it's my thing. Yeah. And like, I don't want them to like go for their thing as hard as I go for my thing. You're, yeah, you're you're developing a culture in your household um, of discipline and uh, staying with something. You know what I mean? Uh, consistency. Everybody has this thing at school where your kid, you take. It happened to my school last year, and it was the coolest thing ever. The kid's like, "My dad will beat up your dad." Yeah. And then my daughter's like, "Well, my dad's a black belt." 
I was like, hell yeah, dude. I always wanted to be the, like I, There's a the trump kid card. told me that when I was in elementary school yeah. and I was all, damn, your dad's a black belt like Chuck Norris, like a Ninja Turtle. Damn it. And I was pissed. I was like, God, got me. My dad's not, my dad's not a black belt at all. My dad drives a truck, uh, <laughs> you know? So like I train hard. I train, I train for my legacy and I feel like building your legacy as strong as your legacy is the more it'll rub off on your kids and teaches them discipline and work ethic. And so that's why I train and I love to do it. It's something I love to do. And it's something that's been imprinted in my life forever. So that's why I do it. What about you? Same thing. I think I talked about this in the first podcast. Um, my motivation is just as I'm starting to get older, like when I hit 40, I, the pops and the clicks started to, to appear that I never had before. The body aches started to happen that I never had before. And I've always been like in decent shape. I've never been like a, a, a you know, muscle bound freak or anything like that. But, and I've always been like relatively athletic, you know what I mean? But like all of a sudden, you know, I would bend down to tie my shoes and I'm like tying my shoes and I'm like sit up and I'm like, man, that was kind of a struggle. Like well, be, while bending over breathing, you know what I mean? Like crushing my lungs and I'm like, that's not supposed to be like that, you know? little things like that I would take notice and I'm like I have to make some sort of a change um but I've got to be able to balance it like I'm also obsessive with things that I I like so if I was a single man I would probably be at the gym six days a week I would be hmm. I would be the Chad Rybar you right. know what I mean I would fucking be Chad, fucking morning class afternoon class I would f figure my work schedule out you know to make it so I could train more you know what I mean like I would be selfish with my time in that aspect but like being a husband, being a father, having to share my time with these other people, I need to, but also like make sure that I'm taking care of myself. That's, that's my, my motivation is, is, and I want to be around for my you kids. You want to be around. Yeah. You yeah. want to be that. Look at, and this is a self-inflect on myself. I'm 257 pounds. Okay. Yeah. Six foot, 257 pounds. You don't see guys in their eighties over 250 pounds. Right. And I need yeah. to drop weight and that's yeah. the plan. Yeah. So I've already wanted, if I wasn't training jujitsu, Jesus, dude, right. it would be bad. And that's the only thing, like, I'm, that's the only thing keeping me kind of, you know, functional. And I need to work on that because, you know, like, I want to be that badass dad at the pickup line. You're right. And I want all the other dads to be like, oh, this motherfucker. Well, think about, like, you've got leg injuries. Yep. And if you didn't use it, think how much your leg like it would become debilitating you know exactly what I mean? it, there would be there would be pain yeah you probably already have a, a bit of pain with it yeah you know, just living sure. day to day but if you don't use it it's just it just gets worse so by you exercising and by by trying to stay flexible and limber you know because of the benefit of the martial art but like it's benefiting your body in a just a, a an everyday aspect and, and some guys will be like i don't want to get hurt because of my work right and i get that Right. You don't want to be hurt, especially if some guys don't have insurance. Yeah. And that sucks. And I, I don't know. I've been blessed to have good health care insurance through my job my whole life. So, like, that's always helped me up when right. I get injured, you know. But if you're, like, the only guy and then you're running the shit and if you go down, you right. know, you better – you just got to be mindful with your training. But, like, it's still good to get in there because being healthy makes you live long. So you don't want to be, like, keeping your family afloat and then die of a heart attack. Right. And then what? Right. You're in the same boat. So right. like, even though if you turned your body inside out, how healthy would it be? Right. And like, for me, for sure, not as healthy as it could be. And like, so that's self-inflection. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm still that. Alexa's, <laughs> hey, Alexa, I'm telling you, it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, I, I feel like this episode is kind of like, we came in thinking it was going to be, you know, you know, gym stuff, right. but I feel it's coming with like a self inflection. Like, 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 yeah. like, like, you know, looking, look at our, a deep look. Take inventory of yourself. Yeah. A self inventory. Yeah. Is what's kind of this episode is kind of about. So yeah. So that being said, my goals for this week. And if you guys have goals, I want you guys to write them, DM us what your goals are and then tell them if you hit them. So one of the things that I've, I've in not just jujitsu, but just in life in general, whether it be like career goals, things like that, I've always been a, a big uh, proponent in writing things down, but also like 
maybe even like a social media post or whatnot. And Accountability. Right. So by writing it down, you're making it tangible. It's not just a thought in your head anymore. It's now a reality. You've, you've put it on paper. By sharing it with social media, even though I don't think most people are going to be like, hey, bro, you didn't get that promotion in six months. Like you posted, you were, you know, you, that was your goal, da, 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 da. Like, you know, fuck you or you, you, know, you right. suck. They're not going to do that. But in your mind, now people know about it. And if I don't do it, am I going to be a failure? Like I got, I got to make this happen. And so it gives you a little extra motivation to like maybe work a little bit harder so you can smash your goals. I'm going to write on Ost Nation, what are your goals for this weekend training? And I'm going to tag BJJ Balance. And then as you guys send me your answers, I'm going to reshare them with the BJJ handle. And then we'll reshare them on both platforms. And so, you know, because we're all as a team, baby. We're trying to keep balance. We're trying to stay, you know, in the fight together. So we want to help you try to get to your goals. We want to congratulate you when you do. We want to tell you, hey, get your shit together when you don't. Uh, My goals for this week is I want to get five submissions from people's back. Okay. I want to be on their back, and I want to have five subs from the back. My goal is and I suck at back. I don't get a lot of subs from the back. Whatever throw you just did, my goal this week is to not have that done to me. <laughs> church did that shit to me last week. I taught church that. Yeah, way. and then he goes, by the way, Matt's going to do this to you. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, um, my, goal, my goal this week would be um, I'd like to get some good rounds in training-wise. Um, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to actually take something that we're learning in one of our, our, uh, class lessons, uh, whatever that be this, this coming week and, um, really try to apply that through the week. Like, yeah. like make it stick. Um, yeah. and sometimes that's hard because sometimes you're like, everybody just learned it. So right. everybody knows it. So it's hard to hit it. Right. So you're like, I got to hit what I hit. We learned last week. I, but I feel like if I a hundred percent agree with that. But maybe if everybody else abandons it and I don't, maybe I'm the guy that hits it. There you go. So I like that. Yeah. I like that. And tomorrow, me and Kenny get the role for the first time. Oh, and we're going to talk about it next week on the podcast. <laughs> It'll be good times. So with that further ado, thanks for watching, guys. We really appreciate it. Follow us on all our socials at Oz Nation, BJJ, at The Freak Party, Kenny Wilson, Instagram, uh, at BJJ Balance, Spotify, YouTube at BJJ Balance, TikTok, we're everywhere. Amazon Music, Pandora, all that good stuff. Um, appreciate all the support, and we'll see you guys next time. Oh.